Well, hello. Oh, hi. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm okay. You want to know how I'm doing? I do. Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'm just taken aback by the enthusiasm. Actually, I'm, I'm feeling sorry. really good today. That's good. Um, I, you know, it, it's a, it's a lovely day in Austintown, Ohio. I've had my windows open all day. It is beautiful. And out. the sun has been beaten down, and we got a nice cross breeze most of the time. Spent half the day working from my office with no shirt on, feeling pretty good. That would be good. It was pretty good. If I worked without my shirt on, I would be arrested. <laughs> yeah, maybe. What's the rule there? They generally you work... like you to wear shirts in a pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you get kicked out or when you get arrested, like, if you run around without a shirt on, what can actually happen to you? You could possibly get in trouble for indecent exposure. You think so? Yeah. Hmm. I'd definitely get kicked out of work. I don't even think it would get that far. They would be like... Why aren't you wearing a shirt? And are you having some kind of episode that has caused you to not be wearing a shirt? For some reason, you mentioning it is making me think like, well, wait, what actually would happen? I'll ask my boss. <laughs> I'll ask the local so, constabulary. <laughs> just hypothetically speaking. Asking for a friend. For a friend. Not me, because I would never. But if no, my friend I'm a proper lady. worked at a pharmacy... L. Walgreens Pharmacy. <laughs> Which I also this, work at. But actually, at this specific store. But it's not for um, me. If she did. <laughs> and she did not wear a shirt to work. Yes. What are we talking? What What would we do? <laughs> what are we talking jail time wise? What's that look like? How bad would that be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually wondering now. On a scale of written <clears throat> warning to immediately fired, what would <laughs> You know, Change the passcodes on the office door. What would that be? <laughs> well, they got like, you know, they got places in the country where it's like, you know, not wearing a shirt around is fine. Yeah. You know. This is not one of those. Probably not. In the middle of the Midwest where people have some very specific attitudes about boobs. Yeah. Very specific attitudes. <laughs> what are those very specific attitudes? I, I knew if I said it knowingly, you were going to go, huh. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> you were right. So um, yes, today's lovely. Yeah, I'm I'm happy too. Yeah. It's, mostly. Uh, most mostly. Mostly because I have a new puppy sister. Oh yeah, new puppo. Yeah. So my mom and stepdad have been kicking around the idea of adopting a second dog for their dog. Mhm. Um because Zoe, who's a very good girl, um uh, was a res- she's a rescue. And she had a pretty crappy life before she was rescued. And we don't know all the details, obviously. Um, she was in Tennessee. We know she was abandoned. She was just left tied out. Yeah. And they just moved away and left her there. She has a pretty gnarly scar where they, her collar grew into her skin. Um, she's very standoffish and a little tentative. And she doesn't let... Anyone but my mom really let her outside, which my mom leaves for work at like three in the morning and doesn't get home till 12 hours later. That's a long time for a dog to not go outside. Yeah, right. So um, whenever we have her 
play with Bo, your dog Bo, mm-hmm. um, she will go outside right away if he goes outside. She follows him around. She like takes the lead from him a little bit when it comes to doing dog stuff. Yeah. And we have thought maybe that's a good idea to have another dog to like remind her how to be a dog. Yeah. So uh, they had been thinking about it. They would take a look at some dogs and then it just wouldn't work out. And they ended up going and seeing one. And I don't even know if I told you this, but they went to Angels for Animals, which is a local shelter. Yeah. And it happened to be a really busy day. They had some things going on there. So it was just super busy. And they went and they looked at a couple dogs and they saw this dog who they were calling Virginia at the time. So they saw Virginia and thought she looked really sweet Mm -hmm. and learned a little bit about her. And the volunteer who was there, and it was like a volunteer day. So it was a volunteer helping them. He said, well, you can bring your dog back and she can meet Virginia Meet Virginia. I was thinking that. I was thinking that the whole time you were saying Um, that, I wasn't going to say it. (laughs) And see how they get along and everything. Well, my mom didn't know that, like, the proper way to do do things there is you first have to fill out an application and be approved to adopt, and then you set up a meet and greet with the dog. Oh, so, like, you maybe shouldn't just show up and meet a dog because you might get rejected anyway. well, Well, no, if you have a specific dog in mind, you just have to have your adoption paperwork already set up and then you set up a meeting okay they didn't know you just couldn't bring your dog back and do it that way and see if it's a good fit um because no one told them right and it was a volunteer helping them he probably didn't really know you know yeah so they come back with zoe because that's what they were told to do and the person who was there i think was also a little bit stressed because it was a super busy day Mm mm-hmm and was like, well, that's not really how this works. We already have someone else who's supposed to meet with this dog, bring their dog to meet with her and see if it's a good fit. And that's not really how we do things. And so my mom and Troy were like, you know what, that, that's fine. We didn't really do things the right way. We'll just go. You know, there's someone else in line to see her. And that's yeah. fine. Well, on the way out, they ran into the owner who um, I think knows my dad. And so my mom kind of knew her as an acquaintance. And she recognized her. Uh, the lady recognized my mom, and and went, "Oh, what's going on? Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving?" And my mom, you know, said what was going on, and she's like, "What dog did you want to see?" And they tell her, and she's like, "Let me go grab her." And my mom is like, "Well, they, I don't want to cause a problem, you know. We didn't do things the right way." And she's just like. I'm the owner. I do what I want. (laughs) And so she grabbed uh, Virginia and they went out on the patio and they sniffed each other and then they kind of ignored each other. Yeah. Um, And they're like, yeah, I mean, they they seem okay so far. Like, that's a good sign. They're sniffing each other and showed a little interest at first, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so exchange business cards like dogs do. Yeah. And by that, we mean shoved their noses as far into the other dog's butt as they could. If you're a dog, your butthole is basically your business card. Yep. It's like the same thing. And if you're a certain kind of person, your butthole is your business card too. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Weird. I would like a business card shaped like an anus <laughs> if I was a proctologist. I was going to write down that you said <laughs> on May 2nd, I it's, would like. It's recorded. You yeah. don't, 
don't have to document it further. (laughs) I said if I were a proctologist. Mm, Well, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. Uh, I'm sensing an anniversary gift. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, it's all about being thoughtful. You remember things. And I remember you want a business so card. You're going to get shaped like you're an going anus. to get. You finally learn that lesson yep. with an anus shaped business card. Yep. Uh, I regret my life choices <laughs> now. <laughs> um, never saying anything again. Look out, Vista Print. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Yeah, probably gonna get rejected. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Um, the other people were supposed to meet the dog after them. Mm-hmm. And then the shelter was going to be closed Sunday and Monday. So they said, we'll let you know Tuesday mm-hmm. if it's a good fit or what's happening. Well, apparently the other people never showed for their appointment. So I didn't realize that. Yeah, they got a call on Tuesday and said, hey, if you want to come back and meet with her again with your dog, we'll see how it goes. So they did that and they said, you know, she's your dog is being a little bit standoffish with her, but... You know, take her home, see how it goes. Yeah. And so far, it's been really good. I I hadn't met her until I came home from work last night. I turned the light on in the kitchen where we had her kind of like by herself with mm-hmm. little baby gates and stuff because she's not potty trained and we didn't have a crate yet. Uh. So um, she immediately started wagging her tail as soon as she saw me. And I'm because of Zoe, I'm not used to that immediate like excitement and like sweetness because she has was always so standoffish she's good with me now right but not at first so um i sat down on the floor with her and she like crawled in my lap and was licking me and playing with me and playing with toys and laying in her dog bed and um super cute uh just very sweet dog very nice demeanor she is a puppy she's five months old and I didn't they, realize she was that young. Yeah. Okay. She calms down quickly, though. Like, she does want to play. She does want to run around. She they, did, does, they didn't want to get a puppy. Right. And they didn't want a female dog. <laughs> but they How told... things change. But the people at Angels for Animals were like... The, they were concerned about having two female dogs. Mm-hmm. And they were Couple like... Couple of bitches. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's kind of a myth. Like, it's more about the dog's personality than... Their gender, the female dogs can get along just fine. Right. So, um, they, and they were like, you know, in a situation of a dog that's timid like yours, sometimes having a younger dog is better because they don't have bad, their own bad habits already. Yeah. And your dog will show them the ropes and it will help her act more like a dog because she has to teach another dog. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, it, so far, it seems okay. Zoe gets a little bit annoyed because they decided to name her Ginger, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Ginger wants to play all the time. And I told my mom, I'm like, this is what it's like when Zoe's over visiting Bo. Yeah. She's fine. And you're eventually going to realize that when you're not looking, she initiates play. Mm-hmm. And then acts like she doesn't because she's a bitch. <laughs> no, I love Zoe, but yeah. she does that. She like yeah, will, she does. will initiate play and then act like she didn't do it. So you just see Bo being annoying and then yep. you're like, oh, wait, 
she smacked him in the face with her paw five seconds ago <laughs> and made him start up again when he had finally calmed down. It's the truth. Yeah. It's so completely the truth. I'm like, you're going to see her do this eventually. Yeah. But they ran around a little bit together. Um, they're playing a little bit. Zoe looked extremely tired. Like she was worn out I already. Bet she was. So I I think it's going well. She already let me let her outside mm-hmm. as long as I let Ginger out. Yeah. And uh, I told you earlier, but she stayed out in the living room today. Usually if my mom's not home, she hangs out in the bedroom by herself. But she stayed in the living room because Ginger was there. Right. So she didn't want anyone, any other dog to be getting attention if she wasn't getting attention. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, I think it's going well so far. I've never had, well, I take that back. I had two dogs at the same time when I was born. We had two hunting dogs. Yeah. Who were also both female. Uh, Crystal and Brandy. The Crystal most, and Brandy. The most strippery dog names. Stripper dogs. <laughs> yes. They were, they were good dogs, but they were crazy. Because <laughs> they were hunting dogs who lived in the suburbs. It was not... Not oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> they jumped the fence a lot. Um, but I, I mean, I was really young. By the time I was really forming memories, we didn't have them anymore. Yeah. So ever since I can really remember, I haven't had two dogs at the same time. So this is new for all of us. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that's Dog Corner. <laughs> Christy's Dog Corner. Oh, I could talk about dogs forever. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. You're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of cool new things happen, specifically with Zoe. Like you're gonna I think yeah. you're gonna see her take on a lot of behaviors <laughs> and habits that she might not have before. I think yeah. that's gonna be interesting. You yeah, know? I think so too. I be good for her. I just wanna see her be a little more confident. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this might help that. I think eventually once Ginger gets a little bit older and calms down a little bit more. They will be buddies. Yeah. I think it's just going to take a period of adjustment, but so far it seems okay. And so he's being very patient. Uh-huh. She's she's just doing her like, okay, this is fine. This is fine thing. Whenever Ginger wants to play and she doesn't want to play, she's like, okay, all right, this is fine. <laughs> uh-huh. um, well, uh, with Doug Corner aside, would you like to play? Bingo. Our favorite game. Oh. Uno. Bingo? Bingo. Yahtzee. Uno? Bingo. Yahtzee Uno Bingo? <laughs> <laughs> Uma? Oprah. <laughs> Oprah? Uma. <laughs> That's so an old joke. That's a really fucking old joke. <laughs> That's I don't even know if people remember that. Who made that, that joke? That was Dave Letterman hosting, That's right. I think, That's the right. Oscars. Right. It was the Oscars. Oma or Oma? Oma. Uma? Oma Hostics. Oprah. Oprah? Oma. Pumba. <laughs> Timon? Pumba. <laughs> Dave Letterman is such a weird guy. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> as I remember, that joke didn't do well. No. <laughs> so not. why are we still talking about Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes something can be so bad, it's actually better than it would have been if it had just been good. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Breen for one. I was going to say. <laughs> Neil Breen. We'll have to talk about Neil Breen sometime. Yeah. Um, um, but. News. It is time to play the news quiz. Our favorite game. I'm going to present you with one true news story. Trees. Trees. And you're going to have to find the true story amongst the false stories. 
Fnooze. 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 All right. Are you ready to play? I'm ready for some trues and fnooze. <laughs> trues and fnooze. We should just call it that. <laughs> I love it. It's a really stupid name. <laughs> Welcome back for trues and fnooze. Trues and fnooze. It's <laughs> a really stupid fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> I am committed to it now. All right. Uh, trues and fnooze. Round one. Well, not round one. Just there's only the one game. round. <laughs> Truth and news. Here we go. Story number one. Uh, Divine Child High School, a Catholic school in Dearborn, Michigan, announced plans to distribute modesty ponchos to girls whose dresses are too revealing at prom, until public pressure led them to abandon the plan. Okay. St- story number one. Story number two. The official website of the Department of Health and Human Services was attacked this week, replaced for a scant 13 minutes with a single gif of a turtle on a skateboard flipping the middle finger. <laughs> How does he flip the middle you know, little, finger? Get the, little, get the little, you know, little fingernails. It's just kind of like, eh. Okay. Number three. In an apparent bid to further distance itself from the NFL... Vince McMahon has announced that the return of the XFL will feature women's topless flag football for online broadcast only. Oh, those are good. Recap, please. You want to hear them again? Yeah. All right, here we go. Number one, Divine Child High School, a Catholic school in Dearborn, Michigan, announced plans to distribute modesty ponchos to girls whose dresses are too revealing at prom until public pressure led them to abandon the plan. Number two, the official website of the Department of Health and Human Services was attacked this week, replaced for a scant 13 minutes with a single gif of a turtle on a skateboard flipping the middle finger. Number Mm -hmm. three, in an apparent bid to further distance itself from the NFL, Vince McMahon has announced that the return of the XFL will feature women's topless flag football for online broadcast only. Those are really good. Cha-ching. I'm having a really hard time with this one. <laughs> so the first one is something that I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> by, mm-hmm. but that's why I think it isn't the real one. And also, there it was very detailed. Mm. Like the name of the school and the state, the city and state where it's you're, at. You're I think to you're trying to throw me off. Okay. Um, You're trying to feel out my strategy here. Yeah. Uh, the second one was the turtle on a skateboard, on a skateboard flipping, flipping the, middle finger. the bird. Yeah. Um, God. I feel like I would have heard that. I feel like I would have heard about that website getting okay. hijacked. That's a that's a that's a fair point. Um. Okay, I'm going to go with the XFL one, and I don't know if it's right, but I don't even want it. Usually it goes with what I want to be true. I don't want that to be true. (laughs) But I have have applied my rationale, and that's, that's my final answer. All right. The true news story was the modesty poncho. Why wouldn't they just, I mean, not saying that they should, but why wouldn't they just be like, you can't come to prom? Yeah, that's a great question. The The, the idea was just to 
<clears throat> sort of to, you know, like challenge people to obey their dress code or whatever, you know? Which, it's it's bullshit. Just let them... It's so mean. Let them wear what they want to wear. You're not giving men yeah. modesty ponchos. Yeah. Fucking stop it. And they're at a dance. Half the point of being at a dance is to ogle each other. Let them ogle each other. Yeah. Like, why are we pretending the dance is for anything else? And it's a Catholic school. They're probably wearing uniforms 90% of the time anyway. Yeah. Like, whenever else they're at school, let them have this one fucking opportunity. Yeah. To enjoy themselves and get to wear what they want to wear. It seems it's so cruel prom. to me. Yeah, it's prom. Like, only... Yeah, this is the thing that drives me nuts. But it, like, really does seem like the obsession with, like, modesty thing is a province of perverts. Yes, and also... <laughs> how will men learn how to behave themselves in public when women are just existing? Yeah. If we don't teach them that they're not there for your enjoyment and amusement all the time and you have mm. to fucking deal with it if you're distracted by them. Yeah, right. That that's a you problem and not a, an all-women problem. It started with the ankles. Started it started showing with the their ankles, ankles and it shot up from there. I don't know how I get any work done when all these ankles are walking around. We had a joke in high school um, <laughs> yeah, in uh, Goody Carcelli's class. <laughs> <laughs> she did not like being she called She did that. not like being called Goody Carcelli. <laughs> well, she shouldn't have had us read The Crucible. <laughs> she shouldn't have because then it was uh, ankle jokes in Goody Carcelli for the rest of the year. <laughs> it was like one of the first – it was like the – Second reading assignment. I loved her so much. She was yeah, such a she's fun a great teacher. teacher. And she put up with all of our stupid <laughs> oh, jokes yeah. like oh, a yeah. champ. So I remember us making a joke at one point in that class that like. That's about the desks, The right? ankles of the desks and how we were too <laughs> distracted by them. Well, desks we do focus. have legs. <laughs> yes. Which leaves well, me to conclude that above no, their feet, there's ankles. Well, well, here's the thing. The reason that people used to put. In, in that time period, yeah. used to have really long tablecloths on tables was because up. they had ankles. Shut up. It's the the feet of the table. And at no, the time, really? the design of tables, they often, it was like, it looked more like a foot, it was like a claw foot table and stuff like that. Yeah. They used to have long tablecloths. <laughs> so that was our joke, is that we needed some tablecloths. Too distracting. These desks have ankles and they're dirty, distracting. Dirty desk, dirty. <laughs> dirty, filthy desk, bad. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Man, human beings expend a lot of energy trying to just deny the thing they're built to do in the first place. Yes. Like, let's, I don't know. Aren't we better off if we acknowledge that... We have biological drives, and yeah. also we can control them because we're not fucking monsters. Yeah. Like, can we just all agree on that <laughs> yeah, and no. work to be better? No, that's too hard. Apparently. Apparently. Get George Clinton in here, thing. ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Apparently. <laughs> The follow-up follow album to <laughs> Funkintelliki and the Placebo Syndrome, A Pair of Funkinly. Funkinly. <laughs> it's not even close to what I was going for. I like it. It's going on a shirt. A Pair of Funkinly. <laughs> um, it's just me with George Clinton here. <laughs> Hello, Photoshop. <laughs> Hello, offended, angry people. <laughs> so, uh... 
Uh, anyway, that's and rightfully that's, that's so. Trues and news. Trues and trues and news for this week. Um, I want to talk a little bit for our middle segment here about something that I dove into <laughs> recently. Yes. Um, I have a new I have a new vape, a new atomizer on my vape that I'm all excited about. Give it, give it a little. Uh... Yeah, just to annoy the just to annoy the yeah, nice people. Just, yeah, check it out. Oh, sounds so good. Oh man, look at those clouds. Yeah, that's cute. That's a good sound. All right, glad we did that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, got my new vape. I'm really excited about it. Um, I bought it because I wanted to uh, rebuild my coils and stuff and save money on replacement parts and all that. And there's all kinds of ways to get geeky about vaping as get I, kinky geeky oh get get kinky about well yeah there's that too. i mean you could probably do that <clears throat> i mean smoking is some people's kink, you're so not like... allowed to blow vape into any of my orifices <laughs> just putting that out there you now. did not have to say that but i'm glad you made it clear as <laughs> <laughs> i first thought when we said kinky <laughs> nope hadn't even occurred to me Thank you. Anyway. Well, we're not doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> now that you're saying that, I mean, the idea is in my head. We'll talk right. later. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's carry on. But yeah, so I wanted to rebuild my coils and stuff. So I started to, you know, I got this new atomizer and I started digging into ways to, you know, like build coils and stuff. And I went into the the YouTube rabbit hole mm-hmm. around vaping. No, he's a dangerous place. Which I had, I... I guess I should have known that there would be, like, a huge presence of vape channels and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a like anything that people are into gets, you know, has its own YouTube community. There have been times when I've watched 30 minutes straight of people doing vape tricks. <laughs> They're not very good. No, some of them are probably really bad. Um, Mostly it's just, like, 14-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> Like I came across a shocking amount of stuff, and I, it's the the number one thing that stuck out to me as like here is a thing that could be really really annoying, um, and you know, I feel I feel bad because people are just doing their thing; they're just being themselves. Mm-hmm. There's this guy on YouTube; his name is Rip Trippers. <laughs> so so let's immediately call him out. Yeah, I'm gonna call him out immediately. He's you know he's like a really excitable guy, mm-hmm. but he's just got this way about him that like. I was both, like, repulsed and compelled at the same time. Oh, yeah. Because he's just this super high-energy dude who's, like, lots of quick cuts in all of his, you know, like, quick cuts in his commentary and saying things like, man, this one chugs. Ah, really <laughs> chugs. This one's tense. Like, he's just, like, he's, like, always screaming about this like, shit. Is he, is he a caricature? Like, I think he... he's got to be a little bit by now. Right? Because I, I think he's been around a while. And he had some really good advice. Okay. And, and and gave some really good recommendations on stuff. Like, it's not like he's not providing a valuable service. It's just, like, the character of this guy is, like, wild to me. Well, it's just like that, oh, what's that YouTube guy, the chef, who has that weird cadence oh when he's God. talking that he's developed yes. over time? Chef John. Yeah. Over like, at the All Recipes. Uh, right. Guys, please watch it. It's, it's called so Food weird. Wishes. The channel is <laughs> Food Wishes. And he makes really bad puns. What's the one we always say? Oh, my God. It was He was making a deep dish pizza and talking about whether you fold it in or cut it off. And he You're says. You're the Krusty the Clown says, you of are. how much crust goes around. <laughs> You're the Krusty the Clown of how much crust goes around. And that's his cadence, like, all the time. That's how oh, he talks. He talks like this. And we, we were really watching odd. one of his videos because we wanted to see the thing he was making. And we're like, this is weird, right? Like, that's a, 
that people don't talk like that. Nope. I am a real human. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I'm a real person. I'm a real person. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I John am Fox Chef John. Show. Ha ha ha. He's so bizarre. And it's gotten more distinct over time. Like, he didn't used to talk like <clears throat> that. Right. He's just, like, developed it. Yeah. He did this. I don't know why. But, <laughs> and and my point in bringing him up was the fact that his videos are really good, and I like them, but also they drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, because of that. It, it It's like a small panic attack listening to him, because it's like, why is he talking like this? It. I had to go on Reddit yeah. To find out if it was just us that found this weird, or if other people thought the same thing. Spoiler, other people think the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he'll, he speaks with a certain cadence, and he'll say, take your dough, and roll it out on the table, yeah. and you're going to want to flower it, and then you're going to stretch it out into a circle, and then you're going to want to leave that sit. Yeah, and it's not even like the same <laughs> pattern all the time. It's yeah. not even like every so many syllables. It. It's oh, it's just like there's like a rise and a fall, yeah, and a little pause, and then he'll do it again. It's and weird. then sometimes it'll sound like a question, and then he'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it. And I like I do <laughs> I, I do like his videos. I I think he is very good. He's a good at chef. What he's doing. He's a good chef. And his we followed his deep dish pizza recipe, mm-hmm. and it turned out really well. Really so. well. But, but just, I'm, God But just damn. do something about that cadence. <laughs> yeah. And Rip Trippers is a guy, I can't even begin to imitate. He's got like a vaguely kind of, I don't know, some kind of southern accent of some kind. And, uh, and he, oh, God, he does these amazing, this, I don't know if he knows what he's doing exactly, but he does these vape pulls where he'll, like, start puffing and then lean all the way back into the back, <laughs> like, the bottom right corner of the frame. He'll lean all the way back and then blow oh, a vape so cloud. the vape... The and frame has yeah, it's enough all the room vape for the vape. And his eyes get real big. And then he'll say something like, this one just chugs. <laughs> like, he's so, he's amazing and weird. And I, I really like him. kind of sounds adorable. Yeah. He, honestly, he's like, I. it took me a while to not just be annoyed by that guy. Mm-hmm. But he, he gave some really, really useful advice. Um, I discovered tons of people like this. Like, tons of DIY channels. How to mm-hmm. make things. How to build coils. Um, when did you get your new vape parts, by the way? Came today. All right. Came today in the mail, and I spent, like, a bunch of the last few days researching before it came in of, like, how I was going to work with it and everything. Um, so it was really helpful. Like, obviously, anyone who makes channels like this is pretty helpful. You know? It's, like, useful to people who have an interest in that thing. Most of the vaping stuff I watched is not helpful. Right? (laughs) It's, as I said, just people doing vape tricks and yeah. not good ones. No? No. It's literally like a 15-year-old blowing vape clouds. Yeah, and then like doing that twirly thing with their hands. Yeah. Like, I made it a cyclone. Yeah. No one cares. Do your homework. I get lost <laughs> on YouTube sometimes. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I clearly got lost on problem. this. Yeah, but like, <clears throat> you got lost with purpose and ended up finding... Someone weird, but also good. Yeah. I got lost and just, I never came back out fully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like when you like follow from one thing to the next and all of a sudden you're on a completely different topic. Oh, yeah. I did that one day where I like. I do that all the time. I can't remember what I started on, but I ended it on organic gardening. 
<laughs> you know, like, and it was like, that's a thing I already care about on some level, gardening stuff. But mm-hmm. I started somewhere not related to gardening. And then I was like, oh, this dude quit his job to do a farm. <laughs> Let's watch that. Yeah, I I do that all the time, too. I'm trying to think of any recent ones where I just, like, really fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I always end up wanting to watch Eugenia Cooney videos, but also not wanting to watch Eugenia Cooney videos. I have no idea who that is. She is a YouTuber. She's pretty popular, but... uh, Looking at her and seeing some of her videos and past pictures of her, it's pretty clear she may have some kind of eating disorder. Oh, she that girl that everyone, well, like, there's only one. But people are like, you need to eat. And she'll be like, fuck you. Well, she she blows it off and she says she doesn't have a problem and she's just naturally skinny. Mm-hmm. But... In the past, she has been much bigger than she is now, and not by any means ever overweight. Oh, really? Um, She does look terribly thin. Now, healthy looks different on everyone. She doesn't look healthy. Right. Um, But, you know, I'm careful about judging people, but there is a lot of legitimate concern for her. Well, it's like when people are really ribby. That's like it's, that's generally like it, there's a lot of concerning things. She's her arms are very very thin. She recently like Zorak. I didn't watch it. Zorak like from Space Ghost. Zorak oh, like those thin, yeah yeah and um I didn't watch it, but she recently posted a video where she like tried on swimsuits and stuff. And and the real problem that people have is that <clears> you have an audience. A lot of which is young girls. Yep. And they want to emulate you. And you're denying that there's an issue. You're not really addressing addressing it properly. Um, and that's just really bad as a role model. Like it or not, you're on YouTube. You have a lot of young viewers. Yeah. You're a role model. Yeah. And um, it concerns me because of that. So I try not to give reviews and... But sometimes I end up doing it anyway because I'm like, okay, I want to see this video she did where she shows pictures of her when she was trying to be a model like several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she pulls me in every time. God damn it. That Eugenia <laughs> Cooney. Um, she Because she's kind of fascinating. And also it's sad and it's like. I, I feel like she knows away. exactly what she's I doing. I think she does too. And I'm always intrigued because she has like her mom in some of her videos. And what people put on the internet and the face that people show you on the internet is not real life. Yep. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on when the camera's off. You don't know if her mom thinks there's an issue and is supporting her in this way or that way or yeah. or what it is. You people, don't know. People are slightly different with an audience. Right. Even even us. Even our dynamic here in this room so, is slightly different than when we're not I on try, mic. I try not to judge her, but I also, I don't really want to give her views because I do, I am concerned that she has a problem and a lot of people are and I don't want to encourage that. Mm-hmm. Um. But I also, like, I'm tiptoeing that line. I don't want to body shame anyone either. Like, 
but it's a little ex- it's extreme. <clears throat> it's kind of like if you see photos of her, you'll you'll know what I mean. There are people who are naturally thin, and I know that it's annoying if you're a naturally thin person to have people tell you to eat and have people tell you you're too skinny. Yeah, that's fucked up too. But I don't think this is that. No, probably not. Um, and it is concerning. And there are people who are legitimately concerned for her. And have made comments on our videos like, hey, this is kind of the last time I'm going to be around in your comments until something changes for you because I just can't do it. It's breaking my heart. Like, I can't watch you. So, I don't know. I always, but YouTube always suggests it to me. And so I'll be tripping down YouTube and be watching Roller Derby. And the next thing I know, you're Genia Cooney again. (laughs) It's like, how am I here again? Or I'll be watching videos. I... I'm like, I don't want to watch Eugenia Cooney. Let me watch this heartbreaking video of someone talking about their struggle with anorexia. Why don't I do that? Hey, YouTube here, just to suggest you get some anorexia in your eyeballs. Here you go. (laughs) Just suggesting. And I mean, I I do like, well, like isn't really the right word, but I am a researcher. I like understanding other points of view. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not personally struggled with an eating disorder, (laughs) really, so... I like to try to understand from someone else's perspective. So I do like watching those videos, but it, you know, you start out with one thing and you end up somewhere totally different. Yeah, right. And sometimes, in, I would say in my case, 90% of the time, it's really depressing. Yeah. Or frightening. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how a, YouTube works. That says as much about like the things we choose over other things as it says about the content of YouTube itself. Right. Um, but you know what? Why don't we take ourselves a little brick break? Brick, brick. Brick, brick time. Um, All right. And when we come back, we will have the main topic for this episode. All right. Stick around. Come on, <laughs> clap with me. <laughs> Do you hear me clapping? Do you hear me clapping? All right. Nice, no, nice you don't. Clapping. <laughs> because this Man, week's topic. Great intro. Is Tony Robbins? Yeah. Wow. Great intro there. <laughs> the man with the weirdest clap. Fake in the clap. world. <laughs> oh my god. And I will talk about that more. You really had me there. Yeah, that's as high energy as I get, by the way, <laughs> and for as long as I can do it. That's as fake high energy as I get. <laughs> that was, well, you were confused. Yeah. I didn't warn you. <laughs> I thought about it, but then I said, you know what? Well, I didn't say it, but I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Let's you just do what? it. Fuck it. <laughs> Which awesome. is what I say before, like, 90% of my actions. <laughs> eh, you know what? Fuck it. I am really glad uh, that uh, we're going to be talking about Tony Robbins because he is something to behold. (laughs) He's Tony Robbins hungry. That's a family guy thing. Yeah. That Dave showed me earlier. Yeah, right. It's largely my only real experience of Tony Robbins, aside from, you know, a couple of things here and there, a couple of clips and all. It's Tony Robbins hungry where he eats Peter Griffin. (laughs) Well, you are in for a treat then. So I'm just referencing my phone because 
I want to once again shout out a podcast that talked about something we we're talking about before we did it. Oh, and okay. probably better. Okay. Um, <laughs> when once again, it's Ona, Ross, and Carrie. I think we've talked about them a zillion times on this podcast. We have. Because it, it is, they have kind of a similar, or we have a similar kind of thing that they do. That's the right way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they attended a talk by Tony Robbins. Now, they don't got that Tony Robbins seminar kind of money, because who does? Yeah, I don't know what it costs to go see that guy. Oh, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, but they went to, like, this business expo kind of thing. It was like a real estate and wealth expo, and he did a talk at the end of it. They really kind of went for that, but they went to the other stuff, too. Yeah. And they talked about all of it, but... Um, those episodes, the first one that he's in is Ross and Carrie Get Rich Quick Part 2. Okay. But of course, there's a part one before that, and there's a part three after that. Mm-hmm. Um, two and three both include stuff about Tony Robbins. So if you want to hear in detail what they thought of him and what they thought of his talk, um, you can go listen to that. Okay. I suggest them, as always. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, God, there was something that... Oh, Ross from Ono, Ross, and Carrie says that Tony Robbins' voice sounds just like Penn Gillette to him. (laughs) Okay. And he's not wrong. They have a very similar voice. I'm really familiar with Penn Gillette's voice, so I'm going to have to listen to Tony Robbins say stuff. It's very similar. (laughs) Just listen to him say stuff. (laughs) Stuff. Hey, say some stuff, Tony. So, let's go back. Let's talk about... Let's Tony, go back. Tony Robbins passed. Oh. Start at the beginning here. This is how I always like to start. Yeah, me too. It's, it's um, good to have some kind of a chronological element here. So so he's from Arizona. His parents divorced when he was seven. Mm-hmm. His mother remarried several times, uh, eventually marrying Jim Robbins, who was a former semi-pro baseball player. Hmm. And he adopted Tony at the age of 12 years old. So baseball that's dad. How, baseball dad. That's how he got the last name Robbins. Okay. Um, in high school, he was average height or maybe on the short side until he grew 10 inches pretty suddenly. <laughs> it turned out he had a pituitary tumor. He ended up having it removed. He's oh. okay. Okay. But, um. This is not as funny as I imagined, which is just like a, like <laughs> huge a Huge growth spurt. Like Tom Hanks in big kind of scenario. <laughs> <laughs> just like wakes up with a beard a foot taller. Yeah. But he does have the kind of look in the the voice of someone with like gigantism like yeah. with, usually related to pituitary <clears throat> issues or a tumor or something like that okay um so there's that that explains just how he is a mountain of a man <laughs> yeah, that does explain i didn't actually know there was a story behind his bigness yeah but he is quite big. He is a big, imposing person yeah. in personality and physically. Uh-huh. Um, he, to quote him, had a chaotic and abusive childhood. Um, I watched the documentary on Netflix, and I will talk more about that. But in that, he talks about some of the things that his mom did. Um, the fact that she was much smaller than him, than him. She's like five one or five two. Yeah. But she would still like yank him around by his hair. Um, she had poured liquid soap down his throat. Like, Aww. 
not not a good childhood. She was also very dependent on him. He was the oldest of three children. Part of the reason he ended up not going to college because um, she depended on him so much and, and kind of didn't want to let him go. Though he did end up moving out at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. He started promoting seminars for Jim Rohn, who was one of like these motivational speaker guys. In the 80s, he met John Grinder. Grinder. Who is uh you know what I'm talking about? The co-founder of neurolinguistic programming. And he became partners with John. Okay. Uh Robbins taught NLP and Ericksonian hypnosis. He then learned firewalking, which he incorporated into some of his seminars, which is important for stuff I'll talk about later. Okay. Um in 1988, he released his first infomercial called Personal... It was for his Personal Power audio tapes. Okay. Um, they featured celebrities like Martin Sheen and a couple others, but that was the most notable one that how, Wikipedia mentioned. That. Um, I feel like by this time, he was already doing the motivational speaking thing for a while. He'd had some mentors and some people he worked with, and so it was just people who he helped. Right. Um, who really believed in him, so they did the infomercials for him. Okay, that makes um, sense. By 1991, it's estimated that 100 million Americans had seen his infomercials. In 1997, he started the Leadership Academy Seminar. It's sponsored by the Learning Annex. And in 2007, he was a TED speaker. Approximately 4 million people have attended his seminars. This is on Wikipedia, so I don't know when... That statistic. Oh, Whoa. Geez. Dog Jesus. Bark. Oh, um, God, dog, go away. <laughs> I don't know when that statistic is from. Sorry, guys. It scared us, too. <laughs> People just got into car accidents. Um, make, a um, little, make a little note to quiet that patch of audio. <laughs> uh, he formed the Robbins Madares Center for Intervention, or maybe it's Madonnais, uh, with Chloe Madonnais. Okay. Um, they train life skills coaches to help families and in, and individuals deal with addiction and other issues. Okay. In 2014, along with a group of investors, including Mia Hamm and Magic Johnson, he acquired the rights to launch a major league soccer franchise in L.A. Uh, they've named it the Los Angeles Football Club, and they start playing in competition in 2018. In my head, I, I pictured the L.A. Tony Robbinses. <laughs> And they got a mascot with just a big bobblehead that's just him. That's weird. <laughs> Tony Robbins hungry. Tony Robbins hungry. In 2016, he purchased Team Liquid with some other investors, which is an esports pro gaming organization. Naturally. Um, 2000, in 2017, they won the International Seven, and the prize pool was over $24 million. Man, I wonder so what Tony Robbins' so cut of that deep. is. That's what I was thinking. So <clears throat> I, I wanted to include those kind of achievements because first and foremost, remember, he is a business person. Yep. Um, and I think it's important to keep that in mind, especially when we talk about any kind of motivational speaker, guru. Mm-hmm. I, I like to keep their motivations in mind too. And I do think that 
he is motivated by his past and the things that he went through. Yeah. And he does enjoy helping people. I do think that he's possibly misguided, and you can't ignore the fact that he makes a lot of fucking money doing this, well, and yeah, he has a lot of to, other investments. That's an important thing to think about always, is is you yeah. know, knowing and understanding people's motivations. Helps and that's you. not to say you shouldn't make money doing what you love doing, or you shouldn't make money helping people. Right. Like, you absolutely can and should, like, if that's an opportunity for you, make money doing what you love doing. Yeah. But... What if what you love doing is making money? Well, then you're stuck in a paradoxical loop. <laughs> You'll never get out alive. It's, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so his teachings, um, he's very abrupt. He's no bullshit. He uses taboo language to shock people. So the moment will leave an impression and encourage change. That's kind of what he said about it. He talks about this in the documentary. He's okay. uh, very blunt and even coarse with some people. He's gentle and empathetic with others. He kind of reads what that person needs or what they can handle. It reminds me of cold reading. He's guessing at what the person's issue is until they agree. Like, that's the feeling that I get. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'll talk about that more when we get to the documentary. Um, he His teachings talk about the controlling state the neuroassociative conditioning. He speaks about human needs, influences that affect people, the power of making decisions, and the need to achieve emotional mastery. He is Christian and references God and spirituality in his seminars. Okay. Uh, and it seems like a good deal of the people that go are Christian or spiritual in some way. Right. <clears throat> Got to um, kind of play to the base a little bit. Yeah. He holds multiple seminars yearly, including Unleash the Power Within, Date with Destiny, Life and Wealth Mastery, Business Mastery, and the Leadership Academy. Hmm. All those sound really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Date with Destiny. It sounds like a dating show. Yeah, it does. So let's talk about Who's some destiny? legal issues. <laughs> Can't wait to meet her. Oh, it's just Tony Robbins and Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins date with destiny. Here he, he does, is. He does that whole seminar in drag. Actually, it's really inspiring. <laughs> it's you know, it's about bravery ultimately. Yeah, and you know, being who you are and not being afraid. Yeah. Destiny. Yeah. She sounds so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's talk legal issues and controversy. Let's. Because there is some of that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. In 1995, Robbins Research International, RRI, settled with the FTC over alleged violations of franchise of their franchise rule. He paid $221,260 in consumer redress. Um, and the agreement was, you say that we didn't break any laws and we'll pay this. That's oh, basically really? that was the settlement. Like, like one of those, officially they didn't break any laws. Yeah, but they did this to make up for it. Agreeing to pay a fine if the the claim of liability yeah, is actually that, waived. that was the settlement. Um, okay. Wade Cook sued Robbins for using copyrighted terms from his book Wall Street Money Machine in some of his seminars. Okay. In two thousand, the jury awarded Cook six hundred fifty five thousand nine hundred dollars. Uh, that was then appealed, and they settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. But presumably less than $65,000. <laughs> yeah. 
hmm. presumably. Smooth, Tony. Real um, smooth, In yeah. 2001, there was a defamation suit against the Vancouver Sun. Uh, Tony Robbins filed a defamation suit against the Vancouver Sun, which is like a m- magazine yeah. or, you know, some kind of news source. Sounds like a daily paper. Yeah. Um, they said he was adulterous. He was an, an adulterous wife-stealing hypocrite. Um, he won $20,000 in damages and court costs. Like, and they covered his court costs. Um, in 2012, the San Jose Mercury News published that people were burned and hospitalized during fire walking at one of his seminars on July 19, 2012. They later retracted these statements as inaccurate, and a corrective article was published by the Huffington Post. No kidding. And then... I'm curious about that one, but... June 24th, 2016. Uh-huh. At least 30 people were treated for minor burns after his firewalk at the Unleash the Power Within seminar. No kidding. Their spokesperson said, Someone unfamiliar with the process of the firewalk called 911, reporting the need for emergency services vehicles. There was no need for emergency personnel. Only 5 of 7,000 participants requested examination beyond what was readily available on site. Um, They also go on to say that, you know, they... Do have like fire a couple firemen available during this just in case something happens. Um, they do have medical personnel. Um, usually, what ends up happening if they're injured at all? It, uh, this is what they claim from firewalking. Usually, what you get is like minor sunburn kind of feeling. Okay. Um, so they put some aloe vera on it and bandage you up and you go on your merry way. Okay. Um, Did you say five of 7,000? That was her claim, that only five of seven of 7,000 participants requested examination beyond what was available on site. So it's uh, not to say that other people weren't examined. It's to say that only five needed more or wanted more medical attention than they would get at the seminar. For me, the crazy thing is that 7,000 people participated. I don't know if that is the number of people total at the seminar or the number of people who actually did the firewalk. I'm a little iffy on that. Because this is a quote from a representative, so I'm not sure on that. Right, yeah. You inflate that number in order to make your claim sound better. Yeah, but even then... I feel like a lot of people probably do go to the seminar in part to do the firewalking. It's I feel like it's a build up kind of thing. Yeah. I mean Oprah even did it. Oprah did it? Oprah did it before. Oprah. She went to one of his seminars and Uma. she was like, I'm not gonna do that. And then she ended up doing it. <laughs> because Oprah's the exact kind of person yep. that Tony Robbins is made for. Not only Just that, saying. but she's a gateway to a buttload of people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be there's, surprised there's if he a lot came on bended knee and asked her to do it. There's a lot of stuff I didn't write down about like TV appearances and stuff, but he has been on the Oprah, uh, Oprah's network, yeah, and been like a guest in on shows and like think he's on one of her shows or was on one of her shows regularly. Um, so they they have a relationship there. So. <clears throat> sure. Um, so for a moment. Let's Just talk about the Me Too movement. Oh, man. So, Where's this going? 
March 15th, 2018, there was a video of one of his seminars that was put on the internet. That's recent. Uh-huh. And Robbins stated, if you use the Me Too movement to try to get significance and certainty by attacking and destroying someone else, all you've done is basically use a drug called significance to make yourself feel good. He also, uh, after that, told a story of a powerful man who passed on hiring a qualified candidate because she was too attractive and high risk. Me thinks someone might be talking about themselves. <laughs> Possibly. Wait, too too attractive and high risk? Yeah. Meaning just by virtue of being attractive. What? That they're a temptation to the that person or that I, they're... I guess. I guess. And you will see that... Tony Robbins does have some problematic viewpoints. Mm. Um, and how's, I'll get into that further. How does he feel about the McDouble? Are we going to get into that? <laughs> I'd imagine Tony Robbins probably doesn't eat the McDouble. I'll shoot him an email. Okay, you should do that. Okay. Um, he later apologized, saying, I apologize for suggesting anything other than my profound admiration for the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if I'd call that an apology, but okay. <laughs> That's really funny. That's fucking hilarious. Any apology that starts with, I apologize. It's like, that's really pretty clearly the opposite of the implication there. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even me, where I'm like, my skeptic shit goes off, you know, and, you know, like... I don't I don't know. I, I, I'm really reluctant to like condemn somebody real quickly, but even like that, that's just so far from... His yeah. apology and what he actually said are incongruous. Yes. Also, Tony, let me just talk to you for a second. <laughs> hey, Tony, listen. listen All in. of your seminars are recorded. Mm-hmm. You know this. And I know you do things off the cuff, and I know it's your thing, but buddy. Yeah. Buddy, that was not good. <laughs> well, like, <clears throat> there might be some underlying truth there, which is just like, maybe we shouldn't all be trying to tear each other down. But it's really I not what this... Get that, that's, but that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, there's a difference between trying to tear someone down and... Trying to get and essentially telling, justice. Right. Telling people the things that happened to you. Um, right. So, I watched for you. Oh, my for God. For you and our audience. For I me. watched for you, baby. Aww. I watched the documentary, I Am Not Your Guru, on Netflix. I want to watch this, by the way. Yeah. When you told me you watched it, I also wanted to watch it. Hashtag me too. <laughs> no, don't use it that way. <laughs> that's not what that is. I know. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That's a that's a Chris Brady joke. I hey, know hey, Chris it is. Brady. Oh, it kills me. That's for you, buddy. All right, I'm sorry. Right. I take it back. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so my... And we should, I would even watch it again with you, because I like seeing you react to things. <laughs> I'm like a, a little specimen. Yeah, What's I, he think of it? Well, because we usually align pretty closely, and I so it, I don't know, it just makes me happy to see what you think of things, because yeah. it's usually what I think of things, and I'm like, yeah, I know! <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's called I Am Not Your Guru. It's, basically, they pulled that from a quote. During this seminar pretty early on, um, 
where he says, I'm not your guru. I'm, you know, not making you do anything, blah, blah, blah. You're here because you want to grow, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the seminar is from 2014. It is the Date with Destiny seminar. Okay. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of that. My first impressions from the first five minutes is that he says the word fuck a fucking lot. <laughs> really? I yep. didn't know that about Tony Robbins at all. I didn't realize he was kind of dirty. Yep. Well, that's what I mentioned. The the yeah. language. Yeah, but yeah. I just I never I never heard that about him before, which is really weird. He's really intense. He uses real strong language. Says real questionable things. He called someone a whore at one point, but well, like, like the like way he did member? it. Yeah, like Jesus. he was talking to this lady and then had her daughter come up, and the daughter basically. They clashed, and the, the mom was always late, and the daughter was, like, overly punctual, and mm -hmm. and there was obviously a power struggle there. And the girl was complaining about how, you know, that morning they left to get to the seminar when they were supposed to be at the seminar. Okay. And he was like, really? Oh, man. That whore. Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. It's not it, even relevant. In context, you see what he's doing, and he does this kind of thing a lot. I'm not condoning it. But in context, he was playing to the person he was talking to. Sure. And he does it for shock value. Yeah. Um, it's just like so, a weird particular – it's like a very weird thing. That you could call someone a lot of things in that moment. Right. That were more relevant. Yeah. Very possibly. Tony Robbins is weird. Please, yeah. Please go on. I'm sorry. Um, so – in the first five minutes, he makes a joke about jerking off, um, and then someone crowd surfs. Oh, my God. <laughs> this sounds more like a weird dream you had than, <laughs> than like a Tony Robbins yeah, seminar. Yeah, I felt like it was a weird dream I was having. Okay. Yeah. Except, yeah, except I don't this know, happened. I jerk off less in my dreams, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah. So um, he goes to 12 countries yearly. He sees over 200,000 people annually. Mm -hmm. uh, he has the yearly seminar, A Date with Destiny. We talked about cost earlier. Yeah, what like what it costs to see him. Give me a guess what you think. So just so hmm. you are informed, this seminar is six days long and it's 12 hours a day. Six days long, 12 hours a day. Nonstop. You stay in there, it's like lodging Tony and stuff. Tony Robbins action. It's at like a hotel. Okay. I'm going to guess, I know these things aren't cheap, 2500 bucks. Maybe Double Maybe it. three. Really? It's almost $5,000. No shit. Some accounts say over 5000 uh, the documentary says four thousand nine hundred ninety-five. I'm sure there's probably taxes and fees and stuff. That it's six days it long. Over. Six days long. So that means that like five thousand bucks over six days. I mean, it's like getting up towards a grand a day. Mm -hmm. What could possibly be worth a grand a day? Tony Robbins' infinite wisdom. That's and probably weird. like some. Croissants and carrots and dip. <laughs> Is there a continental breakfast? I think they do feed them do because they're there for 12 machine? fucking hours. Yeah, you would have to, wouldn't you? So. Wow, that's crazy. This was his first time letting outside cameras in 
Um, mm -hmm. So they show like the first day the doors open and everything, everyone comes down. The seminar is about to start. People are running to get to their seats. <laughs> well, wait, what? To like try and be in the front? To or? be in a, an ideal place for <clears> them? <throat> I don't know. They were running in every direction. I couldn't make sense of it. Like actually running? They were running. This is weird. And I'm like, my first thought was, this seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. like running into an enclosed room. Like yeah. someone's going to trip and get hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. And then other people will trample them like it's Black yes. Friday. Um, my response to this was, I don't get that excited about anything. No. The closest I got was one time when my mom had one of those giant monster cookies with M&Ms in it from Giant Eagle. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, later I'm going to eat that cookie. And I forgot about it. And I came upstairs and I was looking for something sweet to eat. And I turned around and I saw the cookie. Okay. <laughs> And my heart literally skipped a beat. Did you feel it go, ooh? Yes. And then my next thought was, that is the fattest involuntary reaction I've ever had. That is so much more our speed. Right. That's like, the most excited I've gotten yeah. about anything in a long time. <laughs> that was like two years ago. I think I've had that reaction possibly to food, but I, I can't think of a specific. Oh, man. It's... It, not healthy. I have had like a tearful reaction to not having milk when I wanted to have a PB and J. Yeah, I've just been like, I don't oh. have milk with my PB and J. Yeah, well, some people do it wrong. You can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter's better. Still wrong, anyway. <laughs> um, also, I don't think I could be that high energy for six days straight. Yeah, it must be really exhausting to like. And he. Really demands that of you. Like, he yeah. he really does. Like, there are parts of the documentary where he's like, you need to commit to this. You yeah. need to bring it as hard and be as intense as you've ever been. Yeah. Um, like, on some level, you'd have to feel like you, like you were, <clears throat> like, trying to impress Tony from your seat. Yes. That's, like, really weird and Keep not standard. that in mind. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, um... Also, he does a weird no contact clap. Yeah, which you opened. Uh, yeah, you opened with here. Yeah, when I said, "Can you hear me clapping?" No, because I'm Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, because he does. He like looks like he's clapping. His hands but appear to be clapping from the right ankle. Ankle from from his right ankle. You better cover that up. Ooh, Tony. From the right angle, you could see that he is not clapping, or he is barely touching his hands <clears> together. <throat> Apparently, um, so Ross and Carrie mentioned this. Carrie noticed it when they saw him and thought it was really strange. <laughs> um, other people have noticed it and talked about it. But apparently it's because in the early days he would get so amped and excited and would clap yeah. so emphatically and so hard that he right would, like, his, yeah. hurt himself and make his hands bleed and shit. So oh. he started, he adapted by doing this fake clap that he does. It's like... I thought it was about his microphones. Someone suggested that, yeah. that it was because it would be too loud for the mic, but apparently he That's he claims so that it was because he just, he went too hard. Um, <laughs> he went too Tony Robbins. It reminds me of the, like, the symbol crashing yes. monkey. Yeah, symbol monkey. Like, but if the symbols just, just didn't clash. Like, yeah. just didn't. It just That's got what it right looks. up to it. He does kind of look like the clapping monkey when he's doing that. Yeah. 
Um, look up videos of <laughs> look up. Go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. Like you're typing in a comment. Mm-hmm. Click on the GIF button. Type in Tony Robbins, and it will be one of the first GIFs. And yes, it's pronounced GIF. You know, I, I gave in. <laughs> I gave in. I've been. I was saying GIF for so long. That's how we all used GIF to say. GIF is a peanut butter. It is not a GIF. Which is best served smooth. Crunchy. Smooth. Anyways. <laughs> we could talk about crunchy and smooth peanut um, butter all night. So apparently we could and we will. <laughs> so this seventy this is the seventy fourth date with Destiny, um, Ooh, in twenty four years, which I was confused on because he said it's an annual thing, but clearly he does it more than once a year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and this one was in two thousand fourteen. Reminds me of other learning seminars that we've talked about. He puts people on the spot. Yeah. Um. So he starts out one one of the first things in this documentary. He says, you know, he he wants to talk to someone about their struggle, something they need to work on. Mm-hmm. He calls on this girl, like he asks for volunteers. Calls on this girl, very young. You find out later she's like nineteen, but she looks very young. Um, and she says something she needs to work on is that she struggles with her diet. That quickly turns into, with questioning from him and him kind of prod, poking and prodding, turns into, she didn't get the attention and love that she needed from her dad. Sure, of course. If Tony Robbins, you give him, you give him a thread, he'll pull it. Right. And he's very good at doing that. This is where the whole, like, being a cold reader kind of thing comes in. hmm But it's the way he did it. So... She she says it's her diet, and he kind of prods, like, okay, what about your diet? And she's like, oh, you know, when I eat, and I know I could be doing things better to make me healthier. And, okay, why do you think you don't? Well, I, I think I don't respect myself. Okay, and he's, like, poking a little more. And then really abruptly goes, which of your parents are you craving the attention from? So he... He, like, huh. flips the script a little bit. It seems a little not fair. It seems like putting someone on the spot. And it seems like something you could ask to anyone and they'd have an answer for you. Yeah, it's general enough that your odds of getting a hit on that are pretty good. Also, it doesn't matter if you've got the best parents in the world. Everyone's parents fuck them up. <laughs> and everyone has a parent that they want to impress more. Even if it's by slightly, you know, yeah. even if it's like not if, much. If you were to forced to answer that question. Everyone could, could answer it. Yeah, like, and yeah. you're there to participate. You've been primed. You've run to your seat. The energy is high. You've been told to commit to the energy. You mm. volunteered to talk. You were put on the spot. What are you going to do but find an answer? Yeah. So she says, you know, I guess, I guess my dad. And it turns out her dad was a drug addict. Um, He basically tells her she needs to forgive him and reclaim her vulnerability with him. Well, you know, Tony, like, how do you know that? How do you know anyone needs to forgive somebody? And there's, there's more to what he says. The advice that he gives isn't all necessarily bad advice. Sure, like generally good advice. I kind of think that's like his stock and trade. But it seems like... 
After talking to someone for five minutes, it could be a little difficult to determine the right course of action. Even Dear Abby has a full two pages <laughs> to read yeah. before she gives advice. You know? Yeah, right. The, you talk to her for five minutes, and, and he asked leading questions to her. You yeah, know, almost it, planting the answers, or right. If you if you talk to people that way, and I will say, and I I don't want to tell everything about that situation. <clears throat> you learn more about it from what happened with her from there. It does seem like that was a good thing for her to do in her life, from what they show in the documentary. Mm-hmm. So that's great that that worked out. Yeah, might not be the case with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they then talk about. Red flags, which are, are people who could possibly break, people who are considering suicide. Um, so to give you an idea, it's not just Tony Robbins doing the whole show himself. He's got a huge team. Yeah. He's got everyone is split up into like all the participants are in groups, almost like group therapy groups. So they have the seminar that they're doing. But also, they're not just sitting listening to Tony. Um, they break at certain points. They talk in their little groups, in their groups, and they work on things in there, too. They go over what they talked about that day, mm-hmm. and what their goals are, and things like that. Um, so the people who lead these groups have more of a sense of how these people are doing. I also get a sense that when you want to go to a Tony Robbins seminar, you have to spill your guts. Yeah, it feels like that's what's on the table is you show up an open book. Well, what I mean is I feel like if you say, hey, I want to go to this seminar, you fill out something ahead of time. Oh, so it's not even just you might get called on. It's I get the feeling that they're sometimes really want to speak to specific people or... You know, they've gotten a good amount of information from people to kind of know enough about them to have an idea of, okay, who's kind of in a bad place? Who, who's going through this situation? Now, on the one hand, one-on-one attention, maybe someone who can, I don't know if these people are therapists or just trained by Tony. I don't know. Right. But more individual attention, knowing more about the person, knowing what they're going through a little more, that seems good. Sure, right. But in a situation like this, which is very intense, it seems like my reaction, if I saw someone who was a quote-unquote red flag, would be, maybe I'm not going to put that person on the spot. Yeah, like maybe you shouldn't subject someone to a possibly really upsetting experience. this is going to be very difficult for them, and maybe that's not something I want to do. But it seemed like the conversation with him is the opposite. Who are the red flags? I'm going to talk to some of them. That does so, not seem particularly like good advice to do it in a big public way like that. Um, and they seemed like, and he did mention you know, giving them a little extra support, making sure they're okay. Um, but they also seemed excited about how those people could have a really big breakthrough. Which... Okay. Seems more about Tony being able to show people having a big breakthrough and inspiring everybody else in the room than just about that person healing. Yeah. There's like an ego element to it. Yeah. Um, there was also 
he was like, people were talking about, you know, these red flags, these people they met. And one of them mentions this lady and he apparently this group leader had emailed Tony about him. And Tony goes, no, she's an attention seeker. Show me her picture. I want to know what she looks like. Show I don't deal with her at all. What? Which seems brusque and like writing someone off. You just, you know, a little bit of information about this person. You're going to say she's an attention seeker. You know, sometimes you can tell with people. I mean, we talked about this not that long ago that like there are these people in the world who are propelled on their own self-sustaining drama cycle. And you can tell that sometimes. It seems a little unfair because who is going to Tony Robbins conferences? You know, you're going to be put on the spot. You know, you're going to talk about your most personal deepest shit. And Tony Robbins, what are you? You do this all the time. Are you not an attention seeker? Because you can't (laughs) tell me. That you don't live in the limelight and you don't enjoy it. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like the whole point feels is... a little bit judgmental. Yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> it just caught me off guard. I was like, okay, that's harsh, but all right. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that maybe it's easier to justify that opinion to yourself when you start yeah. with, I'm not your guru. Yeah. Like, you can kind of set up an expectation of yourself to yourself. If you kind of abdicate responsibility early on and go, mm-hmm. I'm not a guru. I'm just a guy with some ideas. I'm not a guru. I'm just a guru. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, he has to know that's what he is to people. So he, to me, comes off as fairly sexist. Um, He yeah. talks about the feminine man the powerful man mm-hmm. if you're not a powerful man then you're a feminine man um Implicit. at some point he writes off someone's behavior as saying he's a man yeah. it was someone complaining about her ex saying he never he was closed off he never talked about anything mm-hmm. um he said yeah he's a man and she said well now i'm dating someone now and he's the complete opposite of that. He never stops talking. It kind of drives me crazy. And he says, yeah, he's a feminine man. (laughs) Okay. So, so when your very old fashioned, poorly informed generalization about men and women doesn't work, you flip the script and you, you alter it to fit. It's the no true Scotsman fallacy. Yeah. Um, Then she, so she goes on to talk about this guy. He basically tells her to break up with him. Oh, man, Tony, what are you doing, man? You're he, supposed to be breaking says, people up. Come on, You know, man. you don't, basically says you don't seem like, it, it seems like you know that this isn't working, that this isn't what you want. So commit <clears throat> to making a change. Break up with him. She makes her take out her phone. Well, what? <laughs> she said, he says, take out your phone. And he does very quickly go, so you wouldn't do this if you didn't want to. You know, this is your decision. Do you want to do this? But people want to impress Tony Robbins. This sucks. They are there for this seminar. They are there for him. Yeah. They are primed to commit to this. To be as intense as they can be, to be as high energy as they can be, to take the advice of him as best they can. 
And you're going to tell me that that doesn't have an effect on someone's decision? Yeah. Fuck that. Of course it does. Of course it does. Wait, so he makes this woman actually in front of him <laughs> take out her phone and then what? Call? She calls and breaks up with her boyfriend. Fuck, that's not cool, man. And this is the point. <laughs> I got broken that... up today with by Tony Robbins. Yeah. Tony Robbins broke up with me. <laughs> and I, I will touch back on her story in a little bit. <clears throat> okay. Um, in an article I read about this documentary, someone made a good point. The author made a good point. That a therapist would never give practical advice like that. Yeah. Even if you've been seeing a therapist for years, unless the relationship you were in was clearly abusive, yeah, they would never give advice like that because that is not therapy. No, therapists will suss out of you your answer to that question. They would never drive you in a direction. They would never tell you to do anything like that. But they would right. encourage you to like be you know faithful to what it is you wanted to do and know yeah. why you did it. Yeah. They never tell and, you to do that. And also putting someone on the spot and being like, well, you can't tell me in five seconds if this relationship is what you want, then clearly it's not what you want. That's not how life works. That's not how relationships work. That's not how feelings work. Relationships aren't 100% awesome all the time. Yeah. They take work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it sucks. And there might be days where you're like, no, this is great. It's exactly where they want. And there might be days where you're like, I don't fucking know because today was hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that you should not make a decision like that that involves you and another person with you and Tony Robbins <laughs> yes. in five seconds <coughs> in an encounter at a seminar. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, that's the really the really messed up thing is that he has that. And I guess a lot of these really influential people do mm -hmm. have that power over someone to be like, do it. Do it. Also, Call they them. were holding the microphone up to her phone while she does it, like to try to catch his side of the conversation as much as possible. That fucking sucks. I hate that so much. Um, there's another person who, so on on this day, they this is the day they were talking about red flags. Mm -hmm. He specifically wants to talk to people who are suicidal. Um, so this lady raises her hand and he's kind of like, you know, she starts talking about how people would never know that she's suicidal, would never know this is how she feels. She holds it together for everyone else. She's the caretaker for everyone else. Yeah. Um, he finally pries out of her, like, why? You know, what's going on with you? What's really going on? And she says almost defiantly, you want to know? Like, you really want to know? And he says, yeah, I want to know. She's from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And she was raised in the Children of God cult. Do you know what that is? I do not. And we should probably talk about that sometime. Okay. It's basically a cult that believes that the way to honor God is through sex. Yeah. And sex with everyone, including young children so she witnessed those around her being abused she was abused um and she was not old she's i'd say maybe 20s um clearly very messed up yeah still or families very messed up still understandably 
Um, so she basically confesses this huge thing. And he has this emotional moment with her. He hugs her, which on the one hand, I mean, it, it's this kind, a person it's, you shouldn't hug. It's kind of like, yeah, this is a big moment and she's <clears throat> very fragile and maybe not, but it seemed like it was okay. Like she was breaking down and he hugged her and she seemed okay. But yeah, it's like someone's telling you specifically about their body being violated. Right. Like the it, first instinct should be, I would maybe be concerned. I won't touch them. I would be concerned with that. Yeah. Um, he promises to teach her what he does and basically help her become someone who can help other people. Okay. Um, and she seems to think that like, that's a good outcome. Also keep in mind, she like sold all of her belongings to get there. To the seminar. It was her last ditch effort. She was not in a good place. So I I empathize with her just not knowing what to do and someone saying, this guy's great. Go yeah. see this guy. Sure. And after everyone heard her story, other people at the seminar gave her a bunch of money to help her on her journey. And because she had spent her last dime to get there. So... That's wow. one good thing about it. Yeah, that's sounds... people being like, shit, like, yeah, I want to help her. That's a really nice um, thing of everyone to do. Yeah. But then he he tells her to look around the room at everyone who is looking at her with love. Oh, also he tells her that he loves her. He doesn't want her. He loves her. Okay. Which is I get the sentiment, but also it's when she wasn't thinking that you did. Like <laughs> Yeah, right. just, just maybe not the most tactful, but yeah. Okay. I get I, I what get he it. was going for, though. Yeah, sure. So he tells her to look around the room at everyone who is giving her their love and support at that moment. And to pick out three men that she can tell love her and just love her. What? With no agenda. That support her and care for her just from looking at them. In a room full of strangers. Yes. And she says, that's very difficult for me. And he says, I know. Just do it. <laughs> so she does. <laughs> she picks three men. And um, he, they come forward and they talk a little bit. And he says, these men are now your new uncles. They are going to support you for the next year. They're going to check in on you, have conversations with you. You're all going to be support for each other. To show you that, you know, there are good people who just love you for you kind of thing. Okay. It seems a little misguided. It's weird. My concern, because people are people and they're pieces of shit. Yeah. Is what happens if one of those three complete fucking strangers. Yeah, the, the, he knows nothing about. the line later. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's the thing is he knows nothing about these dudes. Yeah. He, like, can't. What happens if one of them crosses the line? Yeah. You've just re-victimized someone. I mean, it's a really, it's a lot of responsibility that I'm sure he's not really considering. Yeah. But you you, you are when you do something like that, because you're, you're convincing enough, you're, 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 making... you're telling her to put her trust in you. 
and to put her trust in these three individuals and then because you're not there you to be so. accountable about it. Yeah. Because you don't control what those guys say in their messages to her. God, you just got to like hope that works out. Yeah. You just got to hope that works and out. I don't think he thinks about that. I, I don't think he thought about that. I think about that. Yeah. As a woman, I think about that. Yeah. As a person empathetic to what she went through, I think about that. Yeah, right. What happens if someone crosses the line? Yeah. How bad is that going to be for her? Because, again, you're, like, drawing together two people who, you know, don't have any, you know, obligation to each other other than the one you artificially put yeah. between them. And, Nothing's and gonna... I hope that that didn't happen. And I wish I had more faith in humanity to say that it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But people fucking suck. Yeah, shit can get weird. <laughs> people fucking suck. <clears throat> and from the state of where we are right now and all the stories we hear about all these people we thought we loved because they were celebrities and all the shitty stuff they do. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned is that people are pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, people are people. And yeah. people are not good. They're pieces of shit. <laughs> just Myself not. included. <laughs> we all do shitty stuff sometimes. Some worse than others. Yeah. But at seems like a lot of responsibility put on those three men yeah, and a does. lot of trust. It's just a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, so, in conclusion. Okay. The woman who broke up with her boyfriend, they did decide to stay together. Okay. Well, I, g- good. <laughs> I, I think I feel happy about that because yeah. that's weird for they, Tony Robbins to break up with you over the phone. They did... I did try to, like, snoop around and see if I could find any updates further than that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to. Okay. So I don't know if they're still together. I don't know, because it was one of those updates at the end of the documentary. Right, The yeah. documentary was just released on Netflix not too, too long ago, but it was filmed in 2014. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when the update is from exactly. So I yeah. don't know if they're still together or what. Sure. Couldn't really find anything, but I didn't look super duper hard. So if anyone knows anything about that, let me know. Yeah, right. Um, There's like some bonus footage at the end. Featuring some celebrity appearances from Derek and Juliet, or Julia, I don't know her name, Juliet Huff. I know she um, is. They're, Derek's like a, a dancer, Juliet's an actor. Okay. Um, He uses music as manipulation. Sure. So the right music at the right time, just when says someone says something dramatic or inspirational, yeah. and cue the music. That's weird. Life shouldn't um, be like that. Ross and Carrie mentioned that too, that he really does like to do that okay um he does talk about himself a lot on the one hand i get it because you're trying to relate to people and relate your story to theirs but also mm, i don't know (laughs) you know right Mm, i don't know um and then my final thought is that i feel like the people drawn to this or the same people who would be motivated by a personal trainer who yells at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. It's this big, domineering, intense personality, sometimes shouting at people. Yeah. Sometimes being mean to them a little bit. Other times he's very empathetic and seems very caring. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he's real brusque. I mean, he's swearing. He's making jokes about... You're going to feel happy now and not just when you masturbate. And, yeah. you know, like, yeah, 
<laughs> that's just that's just cringy from a right. like weird joke level. And I didn't, you know, I felt that too. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know that he was one for like coarse language kind of thing. And it's I really swear, surprising to me. I swear a lot. Like I'm not shy about that. And I talk about inappropriate shit on here all the time and even worse in real life. Mm-hmm. So Business I'm cards not... shaped like an anus. <laughs> I'm clearly not shy. Right. Um, but it's just weird. You wouldn't associate that with him. But yeah. Or any of these like. It's not really the first thing that comes to mind. People. You just wouldn't think of it. Yeah. So that's Tony Robbins. Hope he doesn't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's it does seem like the that uh, he might be a litigious guy, but uh, in order to get sued by Tony Robbins, you got to have an audience. Yeah, and you got to <laughs> say something that's not true. I like to just give my opinions based on yeah, things right. that are in his own documentary. Yeah, you know. I didn't see anything I think is particularly mean about him. Just that maybe some of the stuff he says or, or the way he does things is misguided. Yeah. I do think that he does come from a place of ultimately, at least to begin. Yeah. From a place of wanting to help people. I, I actually, I don't have a hard time believing that at all. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. But 5000 bucks a pop for a seminar. It's not to say he isn't working hard. I get that. I mean, it's, you know, six hours a day or 12 hours a day for six days. Right. But. But this isn't about bringing the help to the people if you make it unaffordable for everyone who isn't willing to. Right. To sink. Who's going to your seminars? Yeah, exactly. People, the people who are going to his seminars have got to be. You're, you're helping the people who can afford you to. Either people with money or worse, people without money that have just scrounged to throw everything at this. Like really desperate people without money. Girl who sold everything to go. Yeah. I mean, that's like. You know what she could have done? And I don't know what she had tried before that point, but maybe extensive therapy. Yeah, because that's the thing. is, like he's not telling it these people anything. It would have anything. been less than that. Yeah. Like he's not. It doesn't seem like he has any. Any gigantic breakthrough type advice you couldn't get from a therapist or the internet. <laughs> like, I don't see it. I don't see the value. Yeah. That's really the question for me is like, how do you justify the cost of this? And maybe on some level, when you when you sink that money in, when you buy those tickets, you travel and you stay and you've invested not just your money, but your time. Maybe that lends you to be in a place where you feel like you're more driven to make some kind of change, right? You don't want it to not work. It's the sunken cost fallacy or whatever yeah. it is. And it's I like think you've you get also it. swept up in the moment. Yeah. So you want to have a breakthrough. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. You want so it to work. You convince yourself that maybe you did. Yeah. Um it's I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's misguided. I don't know how helpful this stuff is. I I want updates yeah. from some of these people. I think it's maybe a little bit touchy to put people who are possibly fragile yeah. into this kind of situation. Like, wasn't it Landmark Forum that we talked about that... Landmark, in, that's the one. That intentionally, like, started shying away from, like, weeding people out who maybe wouldn't be able to deal with this kind of intense situation. Uh-huh. 
because they were having people have psychotic breaks and shit. Landmark was the one where the, the, this reminded me a lot of that, where they had that that woman who went back to to deliver her angry letter to Landmark. Yeah. Because of how fucked up they made her feel. Yeah. That's that is what I kept thinking of throughout yeah. all my research on this. <clears throat> is I think his heart is in the right place for the most part. Have a couple questions here and there, but he pro- I'm he- a little concerned about how they go about it and and how much they vet people and maybe it's not the right thing to put people who are truly suicidal in that kind of intense situation. Maybe it's better to find them another find another way to help them. He probably sees himself as a guy making good money doing a good thing. Yeah. And just like Joel Osteen sees himself yeah. as a guy, a, a good man of God making money. Yeah. And he also probably, his methods probably work on a not insignificant subset of people, you yeah. know? But it's not great for everybody to submerge people in shock. It seems like taking Adderall to study for a test. Yeah. It it seems like the quick fix, it's going to get the job done and then some. Right. But I don't know if There's it's risk. really going to teach you how to study. There's risk with that and it might not always work. Right. I, I don't know if it's the right way to do it. I yeah. don't know if it has lasting effects. I think people get swept up in the moment and they want to have a breakthrough and everyone's energy is high and rah. Maybe that helps some people. Yeah, probably does. Help I don't some know. Like, uh, he wouldn't make the money he makes if there weren't good testimonials. You know, if people weren't still coming and people come to these seminars over and over again. That's really weird. Yeah, that's a really weird one. It definitely says something. I'm not sure what it says, but it says something. So, uh, mm, I don't know. That's Tony <laughs> Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins. Let's give him a round of applause. Yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, well, uh, that uh, that does it for another episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week with another episode of Goose Chase. All right. Have a nice week. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 